0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolias First. For more information, visit www.magnoliasfirst.org. I'm so glad that you have joined us once again uh, for online worship here at Magnolias First. And I know you are relaxing there in your living room, most of you. Many of you are in your pajamas to worship. I'm a little bit worried that when we finally are able to come back together, and we pray that will be soon, you may show up for church in your pajamas. But you know what? I'm so anxious to see you again, I really won't care. What a great time that will be to be able to gather once again to worship The Lord together here at Magnolias First. Well, we have been looking at funny things in the middle of a pandemic. And one of our members sent a few of these to me. I thought I would share these with you this morning. Here's a stay-at-home tip for you. Every few days, try on your jeans just to make sure they still fit. Because pajamas make you believe all is well in the kingdom. Uh, You know, somebody said, we really ought to wear masks at home, not to protect us from the virus, but to keep us from eating so much. Uh, Here's a question somebody said, after the quarantine, will the producers of my 600-pound life find me, or do I find them? Well, there's too much truth there to be too comfortable, but somebody else uh, had this wish. He said, I hope the weather is good tomorrow for my trip to Puerto Backyarda. He said, I'm really getting tired of Los living room. Well, I can understand that. And then here was an online classified ad. Single man with toilet paper seeks woman with hand sanitizer for good, clean fun. Well, that's, that's something that could appear in the online ads. Well, one more, and this one is dedicated to those of you who have become homeschool parents, though you never planned or intended to. On day six of homeschooling, one mother said, my child said, quote, I hope I don't have the same teacher next year. She said, that really hurt. Well, I'm glad we can still smile in the midst of a pandemic, a worldwide storm like we have never seen before. And whether this means for you just aggravation or if you are in the middle of a health crisis or economic distress or loneliness or grief at the loss of a loved one, whatever it might be that is your life situation in the midst of this pandemic, I'm praying that this new sermon series will be helpful to you. Our series is entitled Lifeline, How to Grab God's Hand When You're Going Under. And we're going to look at characters in Scripture that were in storms of various kinds that almost pulled them under. And a common thread in all of the six of the character stories we'll be looking at is this, and it's our big idea for today. Confidence in Christ can conquer any storm. Confidence in Christ. And I pray that this time in Scripture together will build that confidence in our hearts. If you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Acts. You may know that the book of Acts is a history of the early church written by Luke, and he gives an account of the earliest days in the post-resurrection era of human history and the beginning of the church. And so by Acts chapter 21, we see the Apostle Paul. And Paul has been preaching Jesus Christ, his crucifixion and his resurrection. And a mob of hostile Jews have caused Paul to be arrested and taken into custody and put on trial by Roman officials. And in the midst of these legal proceedings, the Apostle Paul reveals that he is a Roman citizen. And with Roman citizenship comes certain rights. And one of those rights was the ability for a citizen to request that they be tried before the Roman emperor, Caesar. And Paul exercises that right. He makes that legal demand. And so we see that by Acts 27, Paul is ready to begin a journey to Rome, the capital city of the Roman Empire, where Caesar would hold trial over the apostle Paul. But this was a difficult journey. The only means of transportation that they had available for this kind of trip was by sea. And so in Acts chapter 27, we see the beginning of Paul's journey to Rome. So feel free to follow along in your own copy of the scripture. Uh, We'll be looking at a few other passages later on, but our main story today begins in Acts chapter 27, verse 1. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain in the Imperial Regiment. Now stop and think about that for a moment. The Apostle Paul, it says in this first verse, is in the custody of a Roman officer. He's under arrest He has had his freedom taken away, and he is guilty of nothing illegal. He is only guilty of testifying of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who was crucified for our sins, who was resurrected on the third day to prove that he was and is the Son of God. Paul had done nothing worthy of this kind of legal arrest. And a lesson that we can learn from Paul's experience here is that sometimes things happen to us that we did not cause and we do not deserve. Certainly, the pandemic that we are experiencing is an example of that. There are hundreds of thousands of people suffering in a multitude of ways they're suffering medically, they're suffering economically. They're suffering grief over a loss, many of whom were unable to be with their loved one when they passed from this life to the next. And they did nothing to cause that. None of us caused this pandemic. It's just simply one of those horrible things that happens when you live in a fallen world. And so it was with Paul. He'd done nothing to deserve it but here he finds himself in custody on the way to being tried in Rome. Pick up the narrative with me, please, in verse nine of Acts 27. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. You see, here was the issue. Sea travel in those days was navigated by looking at the stars. There was no modern navigational equipment. And if the sky was overcast, that posed a big problem. But what they always knew was that from the fall moving into the winter, that sea travel could become uh, so dangerous that you just shouldn't attempt it. Uh, In the month of September, it was questionable. By the time Uh, The calendar rolled around to November. It was just absolutely too dangerous to undertake. Well, this journey was in October, October of A.D. 59. And so sea travel in that month of the year was very questionable. And so the ship's uh, captain had a choice that had to be made. Would he winter where they were harbored, which was not ideal, Or would he undertake to move on up the coast to a safer harbor, risking the dangers of sailing at that time of the year? And so Paul gives a warning. He gives a warning that was inspired by divine insight. Verse 10. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor, with only a southwest and northwest exposure. And so the captain took a risk. He made a decision. He made a choice. And it was not a good one. Verse 13. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. Now understand, there was no meteorology in those days. There was no forecasting of coming storms. And so when you found yourself on the seas in a storm, there was no path around it. There was no power to outrun it or means to pull against it. When you found yourself on the open seas in the midst of a storm, you had no choice but to surrender to it. Verse 14... But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. If we look at this part of the story metaphorically, as a a picture of our lives, here's something that's certainly true. The storms of life will take us places we never intended to go. We never intended to go, and yet we find ourselves in the midst of the storm. There are storms in our lives that, like this storm in Paul's story, come without warning, and there's no power around it. There's no way to avoid it. There's no choice but to go through it. Verse 18. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. They were trying to lighten the ship. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. In that storm, and in the storms we can find ourselves in in our own lives, we can get to a point where we don't see a way out, where, as Luke says here, all hope was gone. But when we are at that point, when we are at our most desperate point, it is then more than ever we realize how much we need the Lord. Verse 21, Luke says, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. Now, the point here for Paul is not so much to say, I told you so, but he's trying to help them understand that when you are in uncertain times, you need to listen to the Lord. You need to believe what he says. And when we don't, there are always consequences when we refuse to listen to God and choose to do things our own way. I mean, we know that's true from our own lives, do we not? As we look back on our past as individuals, you and I can admit that the things that we have done in our past, the times that we regret the most, the decisions we wish we had not made were times that we didn't listen to God or to godly counsel, and we did things as the old Frank Sinatra song says, my way, my way. And yet, though that's exactly what the captain and the men aboard this ship had done, Paul's message for them was, God is still with us. He's still with us. Pick up the narrative with verse 22. Paul says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. Paul says, I have confidence in God. I believe God. It will be just as he said. What does that mean to us? You may be in a storm today, and the word from Scripture is take courage. God has not abandoned you. Let your fear be replaced with confidence. Let it bring courage into your heart because you belong to Him. Confidence in God brings courage in the midst of a storm. So, did that mean it was going to be easy? No. Again, resume the story in verse 39. "'When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, "'but they saw a bay with a beach "'and wondered if they could get to shore "'by running the ship aground. "'So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. "'Then they lowered the rudders, "'raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. "'But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. "'The bow of the ship stuck fast.' while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and it began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. Here's the great truth in this part of the story. Though God never promised us that storms would not come, he is the only one who can protect us when they do come. You know, you can be in a storm in life and feel like you're adrift at sea, like you're, you're just hanging on to the debris of your broken life just to survive. And some of you may be there today. You may be facing a medical crisis. You may be facing an economic crisis. You may have lost your job. You may be facing loneliness in the isolation caused by the stay at home orders, you may be facing some kind of storm in life. But I want to tell you that if you are, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. In this world, many people go through all kinds of storms. And as today we're looking at Paul, I want to show you a passage in one of his letters that gives just an overview of all that Paul went through. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians is known as the most autobiographical of all of Paul's letters. And here in the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, he gives us just a glimpse of some of the difficulties and sufferings he went through. Look at this. I'll pick it up with the middle of verse 23. Paul said, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. They believed 40 would kill a man. Five different times, 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Wow. What a resume of suffering. And you know, as we look around, here's what we find. When we think our hardships are difficult, there are many others who are experiencing much greater suffering. It doesn't make ours less real or painful, but it puts it into perspective. As we've gone through this time, I can't tell you how many times Cindy and I have heard of people who are suffering, some of you, some of our own church family, and we look at each other and say, we don't have any problems at all, and it has driven us to pray for you and the difficulties that you are going through. The Apostle Paul went through incredible difficulties, far more than any of us will ever experience. But he never got angry at God. He never acted as if God owed him some easier or better way. All through those things, those horrible experiences that we heard from Paul, He trusted in his God. He had confidence in the care of his Lord. His confidence in God's goodness and God's care never wavered. And he believed, Lord, whatever you're allowing in my life, you still care for me. You will care for me even to my death and beyond. And it was that confidence that enabled Paul to be strong. That confidence is your lifeline in whatever you are going through. That confidence in the care and the mercy of God, that trust in him will see you through. There's just one more passage from the Apostle Paul that I want you to see today. It comes from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Let me set the context just a little bit. Paul is writing now from prison. It's about two years after the shipwreck experience that we looked at in Acts 27. And Paul is imprisoned, and the Philippians have sent a gift to Paul just to help meet his most basic of human needs. And in a part of his letter to the church at Philippi, Paul expresses his gratitude for their gracious gift, but he wants them to understand that that gift did not find him in a place of despair. It did not find him in a state of desperation. That Paul had learned, even having gone through those horrible suffering experiences and now being imprisoned, Paul had learned how to be content. Look at his expression to the Philippian church in Philippians 4, beginning with verse 11. Paul said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. How could Paul be content? How could he be content having suffered so terribly in so many ways? How could he be content being incarcerated, being imprisoned in Rome, and and having done nothing worthy of such treatment. How could he be content? Because of his confidence in Christ. And the next verse is a famous verse. Verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ, who gives me strength. Here's what we must learn. We will only find contentment in this life when we have complete confidence in our Lord's care for us. Today, you may feel like the world is closing in on you. You may feel like there is no way out of your situation. I have a word from the Lord for you. He is saying to you today, I have not abandoned you. I have not forsaken you. What is ahead may be hard, but I will see you through it. Trust me for those things that you cannot yet see. I want to leave you with two next step challenges today. Here's the first. If you've succumbed to panic or self-pity, ask the Lord to forgive you for doubting his care for you. If hardship or difficulty or uncertainty or grief or loneliness or worry or any of those struggles of this life have caused you to have your confidence waver in God. Tell the Lord you're sorry that you doubted him even for a moment and renew that confidence in the God who is faithful. And this next challenge will help you to do that. Count your blessings in the middle of this storm and remind yourself who gave you every one of them. Look back on your life at the many, many times God was faithful and God was gracious and God was generous and God was true to his word. Remember those times and let those remembrances cause you to be confident in him that your faith may be strong. You may indeed be in a storm, but confidence in Christ can conquer any storm. Let's pray together. Our Father, I pray for the wonderful people of God who are watching today. Lord, I I love them. I wish I could physically put my arms around them. But Lord, today I've sought to be your spokesman to say to them for you that you are there that however easy or difficult this season may be for them, you are present in their lives. Difficulty has not negated your faithfulness. You will see them through. You will give them comfort. You will give them peace as they trust in you. And Lord, I pray that today, the story of the apostle Paul and how you brought him through incredible difficulty will give them courage that will build their confidence in your faithfulness to them. We thank you today that you are a gracious, faithful God. Lord, I pray for anyone here today listening, watching, that is not yet a follower of Jesus Christ I pray that, Lord, you would draw them to yourself so that they might be able to have that relationship with you, to be able to walk with you every day and have your peace in the midst of every storm. Lord, we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.